Welcome to episode 25 of Article 23, your podcast all about making work work. I'm James Hancock, and always I'm joined by Rhonda Brighton-Hall. Welcome, Rhonda. Great to be here, James. <laughs> really good to be here. And a, and a serious topic, so I'm looking forward to that. Serious? This is the most fun, the best topic we've ever had. <laughs> it's it's like, not serious at all. It's like no, a I'm technical joking. topic. It's one of those ones where people yeah. go, we're going to talk about human-centered design, and then you hear this this B-double truck of jargon backing up towards you. Yeah, the jargon thing is probably the worst part of it, in my opinion. <laughs> but we're going to work through we're gonna it. We're going to cut through that. We're going to cut through it. We're going to try and not use too much of it. That's for another day. It's probably for a chat face-to-face with a drink, I think, is probably the best way to do that one. Right. So what we do know is that this human-centered design, design thinking different way of working is happening more and more, being spoken as a language more and more in every sector, industry, function, every yes. organization, yes. whether you're technical or not, whether you're IT or not, it doesn't yes. matter. Yes. Human-centered design is here. Yes. And we're ready for it. Yes. Topic we love. We're asked to speak about it often, but quite aside from that, yeah. we actually work with it. So if you yeah, look at the right. way we've built processes, we always... You know, do it this way. This is how we do it with human beings right smack in the middle. Yeah, totally makes sense. What What is human-centered design? If people out there haven't heard of it before. Jargon-free. Yeah, jargon-free. <laughs> Your take, and I'm happy to give my take as well. So my take, yeah. and there's been lots of names. Yeah. I think it's just taking a process or a way of working in to be relevant yes. to what we do. Yeah. And putting the human being that's going to do that work or go through that process at the center and say, what's important to you? What would make it a great experience? What would add value? Yeah, I totally agree. I don't think there's any fancy definition needed. And in previous articles, in a lot of the work we do, we talk about empathy a lot. And that is absolutely a key um, principle uh, right at the front of human-centered design, right? It's key. Yeah. Awesome, cool. Um, so there are, look, I think we should go through a bit about what the steps in human-centered design are because it is a bit structured. I think I think they're important. Yeah. You know, and when someone backs that B double of jargon up, you go, "Oh my goodness, no!" But there's actually, um, when you're teaching this, which I really love to watch, is mm. these really simple processes that make yeah. perfect sense. And if people can sort of go with that process very, very simply, it gets you from a, mm. "Oh my goodness, what have we got here?" <laughs> to what we might have, to what we could have, and then building it. So mm. I think they're a really neat set of steps. Yeah, well, look, let's try and make sure that the jargon bus doesn't back up on anyone. <laughs> yes. um, so I'm going to use a bit of the language and we'll explain it. So right <laughs> And, and depending on who you talk to and how different organizations are applying it, these will look a little different, but yep. I reckon the core principles are the same. So yep. that's one thing to keep in mind. Yep. So I can, number one is all about empathizing with the person or the user. Yep. It's to understand them better. That's yep. it. Yep. Understand Simple. who your person is. Yep. Makes sense. People. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, and, and we can go from there. Number two is all about defining the problem. True. Sometimes we solve something that's pesty for it us personally yep. but not actually a problem for the person using it yeah or so. we solve not for the majority or there's a whole heap of yeah. things we fall into <laughs> yeah and i think the answer is as human beings we want to solve yes good and that's not so empathize and understand step one step two define the problem yep step three is the fun one ideation 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 is a made-up word <laughs> but it's a good word but it's a good word <laughs> ideation all about coming up with the ideas makes yep. sense yep. okay cool next one number four in the process is all about prototyping Yep. which is basically a way to get that idea into a format where you can get feedback from your user or the people where they have the need yep. as quickly as possible and yep. kind of as cheaply as possible. 
Yep. You want to get the feedback. Does it make sense? Are you actually bringing something that's valuable to them? And then finally, obviously with that one, is testing. Yes. Make sure that every so often you think, I might be too smart. Yep. You just need to make sure that you've got it right. Yeah, let's check it's right and let's make sure we haven't wandered off course. Yes, very cool. important. Love those steps and absolutely think that the balance of empathizing to understand before we create stuff for the sake of it is super, super, super key. Yeah. Super key to put the human being in the middle, front, beginning of everything we're doing. Yeah, makes sense. And I kind of think that I know you love, and we were running a session on human set design the other day, I know you love systems thinking. I do. I'm absolute <laughs> guru of system thinking and process design. I do. And, I do like systems thinking. And, and I reckon they align pretty neatly. Because mm. in those, you think about people and you think about how you improve it. And if you're thinking about how you improve it based on people, makes sense. Yes, yeah. And the system is that piece of going, well, there's one process, but what yeah. else does it impact? Yeah, that's right. And then two th- two good things from that part of it is one part is you don't try and over-architect a process with everything you ever want to do with person every single day. Yeah. You, you let all the processes that they're impacted, that they're impacted by or using yeah. carry a little bit of the weight. So they're quite sim- much simpler. Yeah. And the, and the other thing that happens is you don't have unintended consequences. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, and I, I love it. And often when people talk about human-centered design, if you were to punch that into a search on the internet and come up with a video or some yep. information about it, yep. you'd get a wacky brainstorming session. Yeah, I guarantee you. I know because I do it often. Great. So um, the issue that I have with that or the thinking I have on that is that the system matters. You can't just throw it away all the time. In yep. some problems, it makes sense that you'll kind of break that down and throw yep. it away and keep it... Kind it's, of forget it for a second. It's sort of your context, eh? You need the context. So, you need yeah. those constraints. You need all those interdependencies. Uh, so, I agree. Awesome. So step one, what is empathizing all about? So I think empathizing and understanding people is asking the questions of people about how do you use this process? What is it useful for? What are you trying to get out of it? Yeah. And the really crazy one, how does it feel? I know. I know. <laughs> that one comes up, right? And it, it makes does. sense in what we do. And sometimes we forget. I think that that's of critical importance it's also not not only is it talking to people and kind of that idea of empathy interviews and consultation sort of stuff yep but there's also obviously data points that we can use in there as well into the mix yep. what do we know is there a survey data point is yep. there a um not creating another one necessarily but what's existing in the data that can help us understand that what do we know group? already what do we know already yeah very good once we have that we've got to define the problem don't we yeah, so step two, defining the problem is, I think, the hardest part of the whole process. Yeah. Because a lot of clutter gets in the way and we yep. want to solve everything. Or we want to solve something personal that we're bothered by or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. So it can be really, really tricky. But what you want to solve is a specific thing that yep. matters to the people that you've just understood in your empathy step. Yeah, and you're trying to find out what matters to them the most, which can be totally hard and there's always too many data points and a lot of perspectives, but you've got to try and work that out with the group that you're working with. Yes, absolutely. Um, as best you can. And we, we typically use, and it's not perfect and it's kind of evolving, but this idea of how might we statements comes up quite a lot. So yeah, I like that technique. It's good. It's good. But it, yeah, you need to make sure you're not getting too many, too many different how might we statements. They can go on forever a little. Yeah. Um, but that's all about making sure you've captured the particular key need or the pain point yep. and, and rolled, rolled up, if you like, the insights we have on the user or the group of people that we've just understood. Yep. Cool. I think that's really clear. 
very hard to do. Yeah. And sort of when you map out <laughs> processes and things, you see all these extra steps you're really yeah. getting down to. It's actually, that's the pain point we're solving. That yeah. is the problem yeah. done. And it's also about balancing time. So if you were to say there are five steps in this, yeah. we're going to, let's just put 20% in each. Yeah. You would never want to do that. You'd always want to put more in ideation because it's fun. Yeah. Uh, you might want to put more, I'd love to put heaps in empathy and I think that's important. Yeah. But people just go, ah, oh, cool, here's a problem or here's 50 problems and we don't spend enough time on narrowing yes. it down. Yes, and they end up fixing a computer system or yeah. something like that that wasn't doing anything useful anyway. No, it didn't matter to the people. Yes. Totally agree. So let's go to the one that we said we would just pause yes. from jumping step, to step, <laughs> step three. three ideation, which is the great fun one that people always take photos for their Instagram account mm. of all the post notes. Mm. It's on the, the one that keeps. <laughs> I won't name names, but it keeps post-it note company in business. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely does. And they will fall off the wall. And they, we may actually mm. cartoon about it when they... Anyway, that's yeah. another story. My most important idea ever to solve the biggest problem our customers have has just... Oh, God, it blew out the window on a post-it <laughs> note. No, I'm joking. Down behind the couch. <laughs> yeah. So when we get to ideation, step three, we've got a couple of techniques that we use for this. That yeah. kicks off with brainstorming, so that's, which is basically mm. just grabbing your idea throwing it out there and whatever the other person says you add one you add one you add yeah. one you don't critique them don't review them yeah. you just add as many things as you can to the wall yeah and that's not a particularly new idea right brainstorming no. <laughs> is fun and no, this is how people came out of caves they said yeah. how should we live somewhere else other than a cave and they did brainstorming and they came mm. up with the heart I wonder if post-it notes would actually stick on the cave wall. That Curious, going to try and that solve on the weekend. That was the problem I was solving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do we get our ideas not to fall off the wall? All right, cool. Okay, so number two, challenging assumptions. Yeah, so I think this one's key, and it kind of goes back to that idea of thinking of the process design and the system design is what are the key things that are part of the process that have just maybe always been there? They're kind of like legacy. How yeah. are we looking at it? Um, do they really need to be so? Is there a legal reason or is there a great reason that was that yep. maybe isn't there yep. anymore? Next one we talk about is the worst possible idea where you literally, that's great fun. <laughs> kind of like and that one. It is fun. <laughs> and when you're working on something and working together, some of the best creativity is yeah. in humor and laughter. Yeah, that's And we right. know that you know, like even things when we talk about jokes like really famous comedians are often very, very clever people and very, yeah. very creative people. Yeah. And so the worst possible idea really brings out a sense of fun, joking around, people yeah. compete to do the stupidest yeah. thing. Yeah. And it actually can come up with some really good ideas. Yeah, that's right. Then we go to another one, good one, storyboarding, which yep. kind of comes through of um, a bit about that process and system design yep. kind of view again. How do you again. flow through this? Yep. How does it look? Analogies. It yep. Love analogies as well. And I put it in, in with our last one that we've put on the page, which is parallel um, worlds or in our thinking, um, parallel worlds, which is all about something that's a bit different or something where we're trying to solve a similar problem, but in a very different industry, for example. Yeah, and so, learn from some other solution. Yeah, from a different yeah. world. Makes sense. Very helpful. And can work really well. Yeah. So that's our big three steps. Now up yeah. to step four. Yep, absolutely love step four. All about prototype, prototyping or rapid prototyping. Yep. Uh, which is basically let's get the idea created quickly. Yep. So there's different ways you could do that. Map out your process. Look at the things you'd trash. Yep. And then put just the things that add value that actually solve the thing you got out of your empathy interviews. Yep. And the problem that you defined. Yep. Using the ideas that you came out in ideation. Yeah, absolutely. Throwing into a really quick, short process and go, what might that look like? Yeah. And How would it go? Yeah. And there's some pretty cool techniques to that as well. If it's something like a website or a bit IT thing, you might do something like a wireframe. Yep. Or a sketch to bring that to life. Yep. How would this website or how would this product look? Let's do a quick drawing. Let's show that to people. Are we missing something? Are they happy with how it looks? Yep. We can refine that. Yep. 
a lot quicker than spending money and time on development with people and stuff like that. Makes sense. Perfect. Um, and the other one is this this idea, which I kind of like, of low fidelity prototype. I reckon that's more for a physical product. <laughs> and I've seen people get the Lego box out for this one. I love Lego. I love Lego. <laughs> I love Lego. I think we should use it going forward for the podcast. Done. <laughs> Deal. And that gets us to step five, right? What are we yeah, up to? Yeah, testing. And this is where, just when you thought you were the world's best process builder, yep. you actually test it with the people that have to use it to make sure that it's actually, A, works, yep. B, is something that's remotely relevant and useful to them. Yeah. And and that's they're the pretty big questions to be asking. Yeah, that's right. Would you right. bother using it? Because you've seen yeah. in business, we see so many perfect processes, perfect systems, whatever it happens to be, that nobody uses. And yep. part of that is it's just irrelevant or difficult or not intuitive and nobody wants to use it. Yep. So it has to be a fun, intuitive process people want to use. Yep, yep. And through human-centered um, design, so it's one we missed but absolutely comes into play here on desirability. But we often think of desirability, feasibility, and viability. Yeah. And so that comes into play here. But you don't, you don't want it to quell ideas too early. So absolutely worth looking at at the end of the day you want something that not only meets the need of the user but is doable yep um yeah. so that's a that's <laughs> yes it's a good idea it'll cost 18 million dollars and well, five years to build do you want that <laughs> go to go to work under a certain person in the u.s who sleeps <laughs> on his couch anyway <laughs> that is human-centered design let's recap on what the five steps were five steps first empathizing with people Yep. And the users of the product, service, or process. Yep. Very important. Second one, defining the right problem. Yep. Making sure you got that right. Three, ideation, getting some really creative ideas out there. Yep. Perfect. We're up to number four, prototyping, which is creating a solution at speed and usually with low cost. Yep. And five, taking that idea you've come up with and testing it, getting feedback on it. Should it go forward or not? Is it a great idea or not? Awesome. Love the discussion. We love using human-centered design in the work we do with our clients. Um, look, as we said last week, next week we're going to be up to number 26 of this Article 23 podcast, and we're going to explore the topic of continuous connection. I know. This is the one that came out when we were talking about disconnecting. I know. And we actually found all this really interesting stuff about con- Co- continuous connection. I know. And that's what we're going to talk about. Looking forward to that. Yeah, all about customers, business models, and what it means for people. And but right now, yep. we're going to disconnect Yes. and see you next week. Sounds like a great plan. See you next week. Thank you. Bye.